Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast presented by American Auto and 124 Welding and Fabrication. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and I got to tell you, this past weekend was maybe one of the most disappointing weekends in racing altogether that we've covered on the show in a long, long time. So, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and cover everything like we normally do, and I'll tell you why I feel like it wasn't the best week in racing. Doesn't mean that there wasn't, uh, you know, racing to be had. You know, that would be the worst weekend in the world with nothing going on, but I just feel like the races that uh, we were interested in uh, or that we cover on this show just weren't all that great. So we'll start, of course, with the NASCAR Cup Series side of things. We'll talk about the race in Phoenix and I've been very, very optimistic about the races, and and I've enjoyed them so far. But I was honest with you guys, and I would tell you if I thought a race was bad. And uh, this was by far, the Phoenix race was by far the worst one that we've had so far. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the racing that was able to happen down in our area this weekend, including uh, Auburndale, which was the only brave weekly racing track to actually race this weekend didn't cancel due to the temperature so we'll talk about them uh the rattler was this weekend and uh on a little bit brighter side we did have the dixie shootout series here for the quarter midgets of course uh was able to cover that and i'll tell you it was definitely cold it was a wild day on saturday we got i believe all four seasons in one so um you know we did get a little bit of racing in but i'm gonna go ahead and uh, cover everything Plus, we have, um, I I put out another question on Facebook, and we got some good responses. So we'll cover that and a whole lot more here on the show. Appreciate you guys tuning in for another edition. And I got to tell you, these last couple weeks, it's been, you know, the off-season between uh, the World Series and the weekly racing at New Smyrna. And a lot of times, I either uh, pick up extra races or I go to extra races, and I haven't been doing that. So Again, this is another episode where I'm kind of armchair quarterbacking this. I'm just sitting here kind of going over things. So I apologize that the last few episodes haven't been up to par. But, you know, I like to bring you guys content. and I like to talk about the things that I I do at least observe. So we'll get into a a more exciting show format. Um, But I do have some exciting news. There are two Richard Cranium Awards to be given out on this show. So listen closely for those. So let's go ahead and start with uh, something that actually went down that was a lot of fun, and that was the Dixie Shootout Series with the quarter midgets. Um, over 100 cars showed up, and, uh, you know, I was talking to the president, Dennis, and uh, uh, the week before, he wasn't he wasn't too impressed with, with the car count, and I'll be honest with you, it, it was for the weather conditions and the kind of day that we had, it was the perfect amount of cars. We only had one B main, which, you know, I, I've gone through these shootout, Dixie Shootouts, Little 500s, where there's like, D mains and C mains. And those are fun. They're exciting. You know, they're last chance qualifiers, if you will. And you guys know, if you've listened to this show, you know how much I love that kind of stuff. It's actually more fun to focus on what's going on in the back of the pack sometimes and who's actually leading. So um, we didn't have the alphabet soup, but we had good racing in mostly full fields in, in the divisions that you would expect to have. Now there's like 14 divisions, but in the divisions that you would expect to have full fields, we did. And it made for a, a nice night. Um, surprisingly zero flips an entire day of quarter midget racing and no flips we did have one driver get wedged and literally land on top of somebody but never went over uh tom our buddy tom from speedway video was there he is putting up the races now i've seen him trickle in so if you're interested and want to recap the day um you can go back and and do that of course 
But it, it was great. I mean, this is the, the future of racing. These kids uh, that are in the area, we're going to see them on our local tracks, whether they go, you know, the Legends car route over at Citrus or Auburndale. You might see them like Taylor Watson moving up to the trucks, like Daniel Dye moving up to the late models, uh, Blake Clouser running dirt sprint cars. I mean, we're going to hear these names, and it, it, it's going to mean a lot more to me when I see these names trickle through and I remember calling their, their races at the Little New Smyrna Speedway. I remember when I took the took the job over there. It was originally to to kind of fill in and help out, but they they liked my work enough to bring me on full time. And and now I I've, I have such a great appreciation for what these kids and what these families do. It reminds me of little league, but with race cars instead of a ball and glove. So um, I have a ton of respect for the families, the time, the effort, the money that it takes to do this. And, and these kids, man, they go through a lot. There's a lot of emotions out there. I remember, you know. Uh, now I played baseball when I when I was their age, but I remember I'd strike out and I'd get upset. And I see these kids, you know, they they lose a close race and they do a great job composing themselves. But sometimes you see them break down. I feel bad for for this one kid. It was an out of towner, so forgive me. I don't remember his name, but uh, they were up in the up in the mix in their race. They had to pit, had something go wrong, and there was uh, as they were pushing the car back out, it it stopped. It didn't fire, and um, we had had a situation earlier in the night where somebody had to pit. A drill got stuck under the car. They dragged it down uh, the hot chute, and it caught on fire. And the car started smoking. I thought maybe the engine had blown, but when the smoke was coming from the front, engines in the back, I was like, what the hell's going on? So they moved the car, and they kick a drill out from underneath. It got caught, and literally the the friction from dragging the the drill, all the rubber pieces on the on the drill and everything, started started smoking, started catching on fire. It was crazy. So the car died right there at the, uh, at the tower because the hot chute goes under the tower. So in this situation, this poor kid is, is getting ready to rejoin the race, has a fast car, going to be in contention for the win, and his car stops in the same exact spot. And I feel bad because I kind of made a joke. Sometimes I, I like to try to be funny, and keyword is try. And, and I kind of said, well, this is now the, the point of no return if you come to the pits. There's two cars in a row that have come to this exact point and stopped. And, and you know, to, to be funny, I'm like, huh, you know, this, this point of the hot shoot is now the, ha-ha, you thought you were going out there? Mm-mm, not going out any further. And when I see him take the kid out and he's upset, he's crying. And, and I, I feel bad because I, I, I didn't want him to think that I was making fun of him. It was just the, the situation, um, you know, of the, of the cars making it to that same exact point twice in a row and not going any further. And, but you just, man, the, these kids put everything on the line. They want to go out there and win. They're competitors. And, and that's what, uh, that's what people probably don't realize with this quarter midget thing. They think it's just a bunch of kids going out there and driving in circles, but no, they are, uh, they're competitive and they race with passion and the families race with passion. You you can hear it sometimes from the handlers, either coaching their kids under yellow or after a race, like, why'd you do that? You know? Um, and, and that's what makes it fun. There, there's, there's so much more than just watching quarter major racers. It, it's a whole, you know, atmosphere. It's a family thing. You meet a lot of great people. And, uh, and I got to tell you the, the drama over there, no, there's, it's racing, there's drama, but the drama on that side of things, it's just, it's almost not there. I, I feel like after the races, I can, it, it's over and you, you're, you're talking about good things and not a bunch of people complaining about everything. So it's a whole different vibe over there. It was a great night. Um, it was kind of crazy though, because I was coordinating with, with Dennis, the, the president of the quarter majors. We talked to his son on the show here, um, because that cold front was coming through and it was all about timing. Because we knew it was going to come through, and it was going to be wild. So originally the races were going to start at like 10, 10.30, but with that rain coming through, I was like, well, I'm not going to drive down there 
either to sit in the rain over there or drive through what could potentially be a hazardous storm. And I'm 45 minutes away from New Smart. I don't know if a lot of people realize that or not, but I do live 45 minutes away. So it's it's a timing game. And Dennis was coordinating with me back and forth like, hey, I, I don't think it'll be before 1.30 before we're on track. And then it was like, hey, it's probably going to be 2, 2.30. And I, I was trying to time it uh, based on, on the radar. And again, it doesn't take long to dry the little New Smyrna Speedway, but I was finally like, okay, I just need to go ahead and hit the road. And I'm driving up there and I checked the the little app where, where all the notes are coming through and like, all right, we're going to start at 1.30. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be there right at 1.30. And sure enough, I called Dennis and I'm like, hey, just so you know, um, it's 1.20 now. I'm seven minutes out. Don't start without me. I literally, and I hate this. I'm not this kind of person. Uh, I am not a just show up and start kind of guy. I like to be there. I like to have a few minutes to walk around, to set up. Um, now it's a little bit harder on Fridays when I work, uh, the day job and then have to, to take off and get up there. But my plan was to come out there, maybe video some things, talk to some of the kids. And I got there, ran up to the tower and we started. So it was, uh, it was just, it was that kind of weekend the cold front came through, it moved out, but man, it got cold even before the sun was fully down. Cause it was windy behind the cold front and I was up there freezing. And that's why a lot of other tracks, uh, uh Showtime 417, um, they, they canceled. They just straight up canceled because it was going to be so cold and miserable. And kudos to Auburndale for continuing with their program. But um, despite – you take the cold weather out of it, it was a great night of racing. I really enjoyed the racing. Um, the fact that we we did all, did all the heats and we went straight to features uh, with like one B-Main. It just – with, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like, oh, you know, we only need X amount of cars to have a good show. I, the more the merrier. I love the, the alphabet soup, but given the circumstances, my point is it was a, a great program, great car count. So that was definitely, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because I was there um, and I was announcing it, but in my opinion, it was definitely the hit of the weekend. Uh, it was about the one thing, despite all the the, the negative things that went on this weekend, that uh, that went off smoothly. So kudos to the Dixie Shootout Series and the Little New Smyrna Speedway for a great weekend of quarter midgets, at least. On the cup side of things, uh, I figured this was coming sooner than later because the first three races of the year were really good. And I, and I know I talked a whole lot of NASCAR on the last couple of shows. So we're not going to talk so much NASCAR on the show, but I do want to talk about it. It was a typical Phoenix race, but that being said, it was the worst race so far with a new car. And we saw a lot of the issues that we've seen before rear their ugly head. So I feel like NASCAR has things figured out at least on the mile and a half, two mile tracks and, and restrictor plate racing seems to be okay. Um, but we still got to work on the, the short track package to where you know, but maybe it's just a product of the racetrack. Maybe you can't engineer anything out of it with a track like Phoenix. Because what we saw was some wild restarts, a little bit of jockeying for position, a lap or two after the restart. But once everybody filed in line, I mean, unless you were considerably faster, then you just couldn't pass. For the second Phoenix race in a row, the race was basically won by who got off the pit road first. Like Larson went in the championship last year and Kudos to Chase Briscoe. He had to go hold his own, but his crew got him the track position, and it was a track position race. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know, you get some people up there, have a good pit stop, and, you know, a good thing happens. The end result, in my opinion, of Phoenix was great. Chase Briscoe is a very deserving winner. I really enjoyed his last season in the Xfinity Series. 
uh, when he was having, you know, those issues um, with with conceiving the child and, and the things that he went through that year to win all those races, um, that made me a fan because I was on the I was on the fence about Chase Briscoe. I really could have cared less, but that season won me over. And last year was a bad year for him in his rookie year in Cup, and to see him win, I mean, it was a huge surprise. And I think the saving grace of this Phoenix race was the three drivers up there battling for the win. You had Chase Briscoe. Ross Chastain and um, and Tyler Reddick all battling for their first career win. Uh, and over those last couple of restarts, you know, it was those three. Somebody was going to win their first career race. It was just a matter of who's who's it going to be. And that was fun because I was like, man, I'm going to be we're going to get a first time winner out of this. I'm going to be happy one way or another. And um, uh, t- to set it up, if it wasn't for uh, the spins by Eric Jones and Chase Elliott, I don't know if the finish would have been that exciting because it was kind of, you know, long green flag run. It looked like Chase Briscoe was just going to drive away and win the thing, which would have been cool, you know, but those restarts did save it. And the second-to-last restart, when Reddick got underneath Briscoe and they were three wide going into turn three, I thought I thought for sure Briscoe had just given it up because I thought the bottom was going to prevail. I thought Reddick was going to take off and win the thing. And then Briscoe's able to power up through the middle and that, to me, was the most impressive driving I've seen at Chase Briscoe, to not crumble under that immense amount of pressure and pull away and get the win or hold off Reddick and Chastain and then do it again on the subsequent restart. That, to me, was impressive. The end of that race, the last you know, last couple of restarts were fun. But I, I talked about the phone test where California and Vegas, uh, I really wasn't on my phone very much uh, other than, during commercial, tr- uh, check Twitter, see if there were some behind-the-scenes things going on that uh, maybe they weren't talking about on the TV broadcast. I do do that. But this this race, I found myself on my phone a lot, especially in the middle portions of Stage 2 and Stage 3 when things got kind of strung out. So that, to me, when, when I put more attention on my phone, which is very easy to do these days with how glued to those things we are, um, if I'm paying more attention to my phone, then that to me is, is telling me I'm losing interest in the race and it's not as good a race. Now, I'm glad I watched it. It was definitely uh, a good way to spend my Sunday relaxing and, man, after after Saturday uh, thawing out from being frozen. Um, so I didn't hate this race, but it definitely wasn't the best. And, and I think it's a product of Phoenix. Um, I, I don't, man, I got to tell you, I don't really like Phoenix being the championship track. I just think there's too much emphasis on track position here and pit stops and not enough on the racing because we just don't doesn't matter the package phoenix is phoenix and this was an okay race by phoenix standards if you want to lower if you want to grade on a curve this was an okay phoenix race sure it was you know entertaining first time winner uh deserving winner good stuff but overall racing wise it it wasn't that good uh track position was king and I, i think one of the biggest uphill battles with this new car is getting the racing product to be the emphasis versus pit stops and track position but hey it's only the fourth race on this car maybe they'll get it better maybe they'll work some things out and maybe it was just the product of that's how the race played out um definitely have to give a richard cranium award to ryan blaney's crew because i think ryan blaney had the best car today he passed the most people that's for sure but uh one of the late race pitches the last pit stop his crew was slow, and he came out mid-pack. And and that was after he sped earlier in the race and came all the way back up to win stage two. 
but his pit crew is letting him down. The pit road mistakes for Ryan Blaney are killing his season because this isn't the first time that his pit crew has let him down. So definitely going to give them the first of two Richard Cranium awards on this, man. You got to, it's one lug nut, man. You got to get it together. I don't know if they're just out of sync, out of rhythm. They're just not used to it yet, which I can understand. But there hasn't been another team that jumps off the scale at me that's had as much trouble on pit road as Ryan Blaney's. Now the pit road thing or the the speeding thing that was on Ryan Blaney and he admitted it. But the pit stops, man, uh, on a race on a track like Phoenix, where track position seems to be king all the time, no matter what, you cannot you cannot fail on these pit stops, and they certainly did. And I believe his his crew cost him a race. And you know when you have to pass that many cars that many times, you use up your stuff, and the the guys in front of him were just able to stretch it out. So. Um, I guess the other thing of note in this race was uh, Toyota continues to struggle. Uh, Kurt Busch came through in the last couple of restarts, made some good moves, um, you know, chose the right lane on these restarts and, and got up to fifth. But Kyle Busch was struggling. Um, he did Kyle Busch things and made a good finish out of a bad day. Uh, Denny Hamlin, not in the top 10. He just was irrelevant. Bubba Wallace really, really struggled. He was furious, so I'm sure that made a lot of people happy to see him struggle. Um, Toyota, man, they're just, they're, they're struggling. They're going to find it. Gibbs is going to win a bunch of races this year. Uh, Truex was about the best running Toyota, blew a tire and did the traditional, uh, blow a tire off turn four at Phoenix and they're off turn two now in Phoenix and, and KO your car. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, product of the new car. They just haven't quite gotten things figured out, but I think what's, uh, what's made things so interesting is the players that we've had at the end of these races. Um, if you think about it, uh, for the second year in a row, we've had two first-time winners in the first four races. Last year, it was Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell back-to-back at Daytona, one on the oval, one on the road course this year. Um, it's been the first and fourth races. But if you really think about it, um, California, Tyler Reddick probably was going to win that race if his tire didn't blow, and then he, if he didn't get run over by William Byron, who knows? He could have still rebounded. But... Um, you could add Tyler Reddick at California and then Ross Chastain at Las Vegas. So if you really think about it and, and you look back at this thing, there could have been four first-time winners in the first four races. So I don't know if that is just a product of this car really doing what they say and leveling the playing field, which I hope is the case, or if it's just these teams taking advantage of the bigger teams not hitting on it yet. I feel like, and this has been the rumble in a lot of the media, if you listen to any kind of NASCAR podcasts or, or YouTube stuff, um, a lot of people feel like a team's going to hit on it and somebody's going to go on a roll, especially this summer. And, and I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see somebody jump out. I remember last year, it wasn't until Kyle Larson's summer hot streak that he was pinned the favorite because we went the first seven, eight, nine races with different winners. And yes, Kyle Larson ran well a couple of times, but... He wasn't dominating until the summer stretch. He hit on it and almost won four in a row. So I feel like that's probably going to happen this year. And these teams that are struggling are going to get it turned around. And we'll see some dips in performances. But maybe, maybe just maybe, we'll see kind of like the, the mid-90s where you'd have a random team like Dick Trickle. He'll just hit on it and have a top-five finish. Or Rich Bickle will hit on it and have a career-best finish. And, and maybe we'll still see that kind of thing. But I think it's going to level out. The Hendricks, the Gibbs, the Penskys, they're all going to come back to the top and, uh, but we'll see, we'll see. It'll be fun to follow. Um, 
So kind of to summarize and not dwell too much on the Cup Series talk, um, Phoenix, worst race of the year, I give it a 6. 6 out of 10. Uh, Daytona, uh, I give it a 10 out of 10. Now I give Daytona a 9 out of 10. Uh, California to me was 10 out of 10. Vegas was a 9 out of 10. And this was a 6. This was just, it was meh. It was mad. Cars could still spin out on their own, so they're still hard to drive. Um, but, yeah, definitely the worst race of the year, and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Atlanta coming up this weekend. Newly reconfigured uh, mini super speedway Atlanta. That's what they want. Maybe that's what they're going to get. NASCAR is bringing for the Cup Series the Daytona package and modified restrictor plate packages for the Trucks and Xfinity Series, from what I understand. Um I don't think we're going to get the two and three wide racing, but I think the draft is going to be huge. I think we'll see, you know, maybe maybe four, five, six, seven, eight, nine car breakaway mini packs, but not the Daytona Talladega style. I I, I don't know. And, and they brought in the yellow line rule or red line rule, whatever you want to call it this week. Um, so there isn't out of bounds to keep from people, um, you know, making crazy moves and going down on the apron and wrecking cars. But I, I feel like, that rule will kind of defeat the purpose on what Atlanta was trying to do, but we'll see. This weekend is a complete wild card, a complete unknown. It's either going to be, everybody is convinced it's going to be a shit show, either because the racing's going to suck, it'll be single file, one groove, can't pass type racing, or it's just going to be a wreck fest. So um, the general consensus is Atlanta is going to be a shit show. What kind of shit show is it going to be? I don't know. We'll talk about it on next week's show. I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see what we're going to get. I hope we get a little bit of drafting pack racing. Um, but I'm, I've got my expectations set somewhere in the middle and that's where we're going to go. But I, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. I think trucks and Xfinity on Saturday are going to be, man, I, I'm going to be up late because I'll be getting off new Smyrna, come home, watch those races and then, uh, get a couple, take a nap and then get ready for the cup race. So uh, it's going to be wild. Can't wait. We'll talk about it next weekend. Also, congratulations to Noah Gregson getting the win at Phoenix. That was a boring ass Xfinity race and moving on now. Um, I've been doing these questions on Facebook because they're, they're very engaging. You guys have been great with your with your answers, with your discussions on these questions. Um, I don't know if I'll do this every week, but when I when I don't have an interview lined up, I've been doing these questions. So this week I asked, and I asked you guys, the listeners, the fans, whatever. Um, question of the week. Why do you race or why do you work in racing? So this way we could encompass both sides of the fence here. And what keeps you motivated? And some of the answers I got, I'm, I'm going to read them in... And, and some, some of these are great. Some of these are funny. Uh, Mark Kemick says, because I'm stupid. <laughs> I mean, at least he admitted it finally. Uh, Gloria Brot says, it's stress relief and the friends that you make there at the track. Uh, Kenny Roth, our friend Skinny, uh, my friends, and I just love the power in racing. A lot of people just are addicted to the sound, the rush, the feel. Absolutely good answer so far. Jack Hall says, it's a positive outlet to get away from problems in the real world. Working in the garage is stress relief, and when you're driving, you don't have to think about life problems. Also, the adrenaline rush is pretty wicked. So seems to be a, a general consensus. Even though it can be uh, stressful at times, it's overall a stress relief. Uh, Paul Kochi says, why do I race stock cars? To prove myself that I can do it. Racing is like life. One step at a time. You're not going to win on your very first night out. It takes baby steps. What keeps me motivated Knowing if I work hard enough, I will finally be in victory lane with my friends and family behind me. Without that, it wouldn't be possible. And, uh, you know, I think that's true because we've seen Paul go through some things and, and have good nights, have bad nights, uh, have nights where he's just like, forget it, I'm going to another track. Um, and and that, that's the thing, man. Racing is a humbling sport. 
I love this answer here from Dylan LeBeau. He says, to be faster than my dad. And I love those two. They're always going back and forth. And David's trying to beat Dylan's time. Dylan's trying to beat David's time. So I love that answer. And Randy Hetznecker chimes in on Dylan's comment. Well, you checked that box. So now you got to raise the bar, Dylan. Uh, Chuck Ayers, Pro-Late Model Driver, says, To be honest, it may take time and it might not be easy, but it's worth it when you get it. We found this in shifter carts and we're going to find this in the late models soon. Jim Jones. <laughs> I love Jim's answer too. Uh, to create the best racing images they have ever bought from any other photographer. You always, you know, there's a lot of competition in that business, and I, I know how Jim Jim feels about it, but I mean, that's, that's the thing. Jim's been doing this a long, long time, and it's always a constantly evolving thing that Jim has to stay on top of. So, of course, uh, we'll give Jim a plug. Make sure you check out Jim Jones Photography. He's been there, I mean, God, he's been there longer than most of us have, and he's smart of taking the pictures, so... I appreciate what you do, Jim, and appreciate you always uh, being willing to give me pictures when I need them. Uh, Ron D'Alessandro, proud sponsor of the program, says, I hate ha having a bank account or any savings. And I, I was waiting for those, the smart answers to come in. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Ron, Ron's a great guy. Make sure you support uh, 124 Welding and Fabrication so that maybe he can get some savings back and maybe get a race car out there again. Uh, Logan Stansforth, I lost my motivation two years ago. Both cars are sitting in the grass in my backyard. So Logan has lost his motivation. We got to get him a, a reason to find it again. You just come out of the track and hang out, man. Don't necessarily have to. You don't always have to have a car to enjoy it. That's what I found out. Um, and Margot says, the super spotter, because of my friends and family I've made, I've tried to stay away from the track after my mom passed, and I, I felt like a piece of me was missing. I work with the people and divisions I do because I love to help out and just have a passion for certain aspects of the sport that others seem to care less about. Plus, the annoying guy with the microphone drags me out every week. I don't drag you out there. I just drive you there. That's all. And I drive you crazy. Oh, uh, man. Daniel Webster. This, this was fun. Uh, glad to get Daniel's opinion on this. He says, it's a legal addiction. I, I mean, I'm addicted. I've been addicted to racing my entire life. Um Glad that addiction got a hold of me versus any other addiction. I'll tell you that much. I love I love racing, and I always will. I'm gonna die. I'll probably die at a racetrack. But uh, it's funny though. Daniel says it's a legal addiction, and then the next thing he gets is an ad from Facebook saying addicted to motorsports. So yeah, Facebook definitely spies on you. They listen to you, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Phil chimes in and says it's only an addiction if it's bad for you. I would argue that racing is the best thing that's ever happened to me well i mean uh, there there are other things you can be addicted to that are really really good but i'm not gonna go there uh john horn racing has been very good to me and my family i've never turned a single lap on the track and still get treated awesome everywhere i go and, and if you don't know john he does the dirt dopper videos the dirt track videos so make sure you check those out too um the people are what help me continue to do what i do nobody judges anyone and for the most part it's a big family and uh well I, I, everybody's always judging you no matter what you do. They're just uh, sometimes afraid to tell you. Um, but no, there, there is a great family. And um, uh, honestly, the, the family at New Smyrna, uh, that, that's a big reason what keeps me going there. I, I, I love the people that are there, good or bad. I love it. it, it it's great. You got to have it on both sides. Uh, Gage Spear says, to keep the family tradition going and to go fast and have a good time with good people behind me, helping me along the way and hopefully make it to NASCAR. So, again, a lot of family, a lot of passion. And, of course, Gage will be in the Superstocks this year. Stephen Hartley, Legends Car Driver, says, 
I race to have fun driving fast cars, and I get to learn all the mechanical stuff along the way and also have a family of racers to help keep the tradition going. So there you go, another family, another tradition. Um, Stephen Collins says, for the fans, love putting on a show. Also, it's a blast being out there. And Stephen is a one-time enduro driver, soon to be two-time enduro driver. Um, I I think he caught the addiction for sure in that race. Uh, Steve Barnes, uh, old friend of the show. I love the competition. I love the reactions I get when people learn I race cars. I enjoy the camaraderie, and it's far less age-sensitive than playing football. Absolutely. Uh, Your body doesn't break down quite as much. I mean, I know it gets harder and harder to get in and out of the car, just like it gets harder and harder for me every year to get down those stairs and over the pit wall. Um, Man, I remember when I was 27, I would fly over that pit wall, and I'm like, man, yeah, I got plenty of spry, and now I do it. I'm like, my knees, my God. Um, Brandon Monroe, bomber driver. Honestly, hands down, the people you meet. I've met some great people that are now friends that help each other, even if we are racing against each other. It's also a temporary getaway. No problems. Money. Work. Matters for 20 laps. None none of that matters for 20 laps. And uh, that's a good thing. I mean, I'll tell you, I've gone through my fair share of life things, ups and downs over the past six years. And, you know, I've had my dog die. Go to the racetrack. You forget about it for a couple of hours and you enjoy it. I've had relationships come and go, but you get up there on that microphone and, or, you know, for you guys strapping in the car or helping out a team and you forget some of that stuff for a little while. It is, it, Brandon's exactly right. It is a temporary getaway from all the negative stuff. A lot of bad things going on in the world right now. We're going to go to the track on Saturday And we're going to forget that. We're going to have other problems pop up on Saturday, but we're going to forget these little world problems, these first world problems that we're dealing with. Um, I I love that answer, Brandon. Um, John Smith, the sound of engines, except many stocks, Uh, the smell of race fuel and rubber, the speed-induced adrenaline in the people you meet. Mainly, it's the peace of mind you get when the green flag drops. All life's worries are lost in concentration and getting the most out of your ride. So there there you go. it's, It's like a vacation we all get to go do on the weekends. I mean, vacations are great. Absolutely. It's my vacation. It's my only vacation I get. Uh, Phil Jakes. Jakes. Sorry, Phil. Yeah, no, that that's correct. Um, you know, I remember when I learned how to say Phil's name. It's Phil Jakes. Um, but he spells it like an old college professor that I absolutely hated. And his name was uh, Jaquez. And uh, the first time Phil asked me online, he's like, how, how do you say my name? I was doing a live show for the track. And I'm like, Jaquez, and he's like, eh, close, it's Jake's, so same spelling, different pronunciation, and uh, just, I had a complete brain fart on somebody's name that I've known for a long time, so, ah, we're all human, Uh, Phil says, I love the competition, I love the adrenaline rush, and I love the racing family, but more than anything else, I love that when I'm strapped in the race car and out there battling my buddies, no one other thing in the world matters, it doesn't matter who the president is, the gas price, what's for dinner, and what I have to do at work tomorrow, nothing else matters, except for what's out front of that windshield. So there you go. I mean, you know, people, there are people that probably sit around and wonder, why do these guys just spend all their money and race in circles? This is exactly why. Exactly why. Um, John Gross, bomber driver, says, you can't put a price on the positive adding a- attitude racing has given me for 50 years. And then he shows a picture of him with a trophy flipping off the camera uh, when he was young and doing the same thing 50 years later. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Jennifer Brinson, uh, because I absolutely, and Jennifer's part of Sunshine State Racing media coverage. Um, you'll, she does videos and all that good stuff for Sunshine State Racing. 
Uh, she says, because I absolutely love our race family. Born and raised in it and wanted to continue to be a part of the racing world while also doing what I can to promote the talent and amazing tracks we have uh, that don't normally get the recognition they deserve. That's her part of her role there um, from the Sunshine State racing side of things. Love it. Rainy Hetznecker, the competition, the challenge, the show. Absolutely. There's so much that goes into a show. It's not just a race. There's so much more that goes into it. Uh, Aaron Foy, uh, another bomber driver, says, just like Brandon said, Brandon Monroe, when you pull through the pit gate, nothing else in the world matters except what happens at the track that night. Meeting new friends and gaining new fans is awesome. Not to mention, when you come out of the corner, up next to the wall, and get so close that the reverberation from the exhaust tickles your nose. You just can't beat it. I mean, that's a very interesting description. But yes, I know exactly what he's saying. Uh, Barbara Pierce chimes in with a, a gif saying, heck yes. I, I think that that, uh, that that encapsulates everybody's reaction when we go to the racetrack. We're just like, heck yes, we're here. It's good to be here again, good or bad. Um, just got a few more of these here. Uh, Bob Say says, because you put the idea... Oh, oh okay. Bob says, because you put the idea in my head, USOB. And, and Bob's story is, I, I say something about the Bombers nine times out of 10 when they race. I'm like, hey, if you've ever wanted to start racing, this is a good place to start. This is, you know, some of the Bomber guys, no disrespect, but it's the it's the beginner class. It's where you tap into the racing market. It doesn't mean you can't make a career as a Bomber driver and do good things. Um, but Bob is sitting in the stands, heard me say that, and said, well, I, I ought to give this a try. Um, he says he stays motivated because I stink it up most of the time, so I'm not quitting until I get good at it or can't climb through the window anymore, whichever comes first. I love it. I love the attitude because, you know, it is tough. Not everybody's going to get it right away. But, Bob, when you do get it, it's going to be a hell of a story, my friend. Uh, Greg Dame, it's the ultimate bond between man and machine, and it's a rush. Also, the friend's family you make along the way. Uh, so he echoes the statement of a lot of people. Um, let's see. Uh, Don Porter, who I met during Speed Weeks, um, he says... Ryan, for some reason, I'm struggling to come up with the right words. I've been going to our local racetracks my whole life and many other tracks in between here in Florida. I really enjoy stock car racing, most of the people I've met. So, I mean, again, he's just a fan of the sport. He just he just loves it. And it might not just be for one reason. He just loves the whole thing. Chuck Rush. Uh, Chuck, you should have just said, well, it's a rush. But he didn't. He said, definitely, uh, so that we can be with our, be with our racing family and I won't know what else to do with all the money I spend on racing. Well, that, that's a good point. Sometimes, you know, hey, it's better than burning it, right? Uh, Angela Bryant, I believe it's just a DNA trait, LOL. So a lot of great answers. I appreciate you guys chiming in, and, you know, I'll, I'll answer the question myself here. So breaking it all down, um, why do I race? Well, I, I, I got to race, well, I got to drive a race car one time. Um, that's definitely not, uh, I man, I would suck at it. I know I would. Um, I, 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 I enjoy watching. I feel like if I was in a race, I would miss out on so much stuff. That's why I love watching. Uh, but why do I work in racing? Um, it's something that uh, it's been a family thing. Uh, my family, my, my dad especially, took me to the racetrack when I was young. He got me hooked when I was young. We used to watch the races together. Um, if you go back and listen to the podcast I did a, a couple of weeks ago when I gave you my story, I got away from short track racing. I've always you know, kept up with NASCAR, but got away from short track racing for a while. Biggest mistake I've ever made. So glad I got back into it. Um, the people, the competition, the unforgettable moments. I think that's something that a lot of people didn't put on here, but those moments that whether it be an underdog win or somebody hitting a milestone or a comeback story or a wild wreck that you'll never forget. 
the memories, the people you meet. It's all those great things. And that is part of what keeps me motivated. I want to see what's going to happen next. I want to see, you know, what's the next crazy storyline? Who's the next big driver that comes through here and gets a win? Who's the next name that we hear on the NASCAR Cup Series or the ARCA Series? And we go, man, I remember when he won a Pro A Model Championship in New Smyrna. Or I remember when that guy came here and ran in the back of the Super Late Model field. Or, hell, he used to drive Super Stocks out here. And look at him now. It's those moments. I want to see what's next. I want to see what the future holds. And I can't wait to see what that story is going to be. So I appreciate uh, appreciate y'all answering those questions. We're going to take a short commercial break. Then we'll talk about some of the racing action that occurred here in the state. And we'll talk to Rattler and give you a preview of the new Smyrna regular season opener on the other side of the break. This week's edition of the Racing with Ryan podcast is brought to you by American Auto Tires and Service, located on the Dixie Freeway down in New Smyrna. Full service auto and tire specialist, anything that you need, they will take care of you. Of course, uh, that is owned by our own EJ Wilcoxon, our pace car driver and tire man over at uh, over at the racetrack. Um, so, of course, if you go over there, yeah, make sure you tell them that you heard about American Auto from this show. We appreciate his support. And uh, like I've said in the past, um, the time I went to American Auto, I can tell you 100% they did me right. Um, even if they weren't able to take care of the situation, they were honest about it and didn't find a whole bunch of other things that didn't need to be done. They they were honest and set me in the right direction, but still took care of my needs. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Make sure you stop by. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication and Ron D'Alessandro. Um, Ron, is uh, he's a metalworking genius, let me tell you. Um, not only can he weld you up a race car and do all that good stuff, but he can make some great racing-themed or maybe even not racing-themed decorations. Um, he can make you that special thing that will go a long way uh, versus going to Walmart or Target to pick up a, a present. Get with Ron. Let him know what you need, and I'm pretty sure he can do it for you. Uh, Ron does great metalworking. Uh, if you've ever watched the Hot Lap, you'll see some of his uh, decorations in the background of that show. Um uh, he he's created a modified cutout, metal cutout that's on our wall, a couple of different sayings. He can do designs, um, pretty much whatever you want. Uh, you you got to see the trophies he made for the Ground Pounders last year. They're absolutely incredible. So 124 Welding and Fabrication for all your welding, fabrication, and metal working needs. Make sure you get with them, and make sure you support our sponsors. Uh, w- without the sponsors... Uh, this show, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Don't get me wrong, but they help support the show and, uh, it it helps let everyone else know that, uh, this is a viable outlet. So if you'd like to become a supporter, just because we have a couple of sponsors now, doesn't mean that you can't get your name attached to the racing with Ryan podcast. I charge $5 an episode. That's it. That's it. If you want one, one show, Get with me. Give me five bucks. I'll I'll get your ad mentioned on the same value as American Auto One Twenty Four Welding and Fab. It's a uh, it's a buy episode thing. So five dollars an episode. If you have a YouTube channel, um, a business, a band, uh, a race team, whatever it may be, um, nothing is too big or too small to be on the Racing with Ryan podcast to be part of the family and join our great sponsors. So if you're interested, just let me know. Five bucks an episode. 
Um, if you want a lump sum of episodes, we'll take care. If you want one, we'll take care of you. I appreciate you guys, um, the listeners. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. The, the numbers are outstanding. Uh, e- even on some of these uh, more, you know, kind of filler episodes, if you will. You guys keep listening, and I appreciate it. So a uh, big thank you to our sponsors and our listeners, and enjoy the second half of the show. All right, and again, we thank our great sponsors for keeping the show going. Thank you, listeners, for giving me a purpose to do this show. Um, So again, at the top of the show, I mentioned how it was kind of a maybe disappointing weekend in racing, and most of that had to do with the weather that came through and canceled a lot of the short track action down here. Uh, Showtime canceled 417, um, but Auburndale Speedway decided that they were going to go through with it, and it's a tough decision. When you know it's going to clear out and, and, and be you know, dry, it's hard to cancel a race. But, man, the cold weather, a lot of times it does keep people at home. So um, I'm not going to fault those tracks for canceling, but it's definitely disappointing uh, to those racers and to the fans in those areas that wanted to go put on a show, be part of the show, or enjoy the show. And, um, you know, i got to give kudos to Auburndale for sticking it out. I mean, their fan count wasn't huge. The fans that were there... Like they even said on their Facebook, those are the diehard fans, and there's no doubt about it. There are fans that will come out to a racetrack for any reason, just if there's something going on. And that's the that's the heartbeat of racing right there. If it's not for those people, man, a lot of people would be struggling. So uh, kudos to the fans that did go out to Auburndale Speedway, and kudos to the track for putting on a show. Uh, they did have the Tractor Dave Memorial 50 Lapper for the Pure Stocks, had a great turnout in the Pure Stocks. That definitely wasn't disappointing. I believe it was 27, yeah, 27 cars that uh, turned up. 24 of them started. So um, that right there was pretty good. That race, it was an interesting race, but no surprise as far as who the top dogs were. The win went to Brandon Bones Duchere over Bray Holmes in the nine. Bray Holmes, what a, what a great hot shoe. Uh, pro trucks, now late models, and hey, even sometimes the pure stock too to go out and have a little bit of fun. But it was Brendan Duchere who got the win in the Tractor Dave Memorial 50 lapper. Only nine cars on the lead lap, the last of which was Mr. I'll Drive Anything If You Give Me The Keys, Daniel Webster, uh, who drove the 29 for Bobby Mobley. So Brandon Duchere wins it. Bray Holmes is second. Richie Akers comes home in third. Lee, uh, Levi Hobbs in fourth. James Wright rounding out your top five in that uh, 24 car field. It, it was a, it was a rough one. Like I said, just nine cars on the lead lap. A lot of incidents, and uh, not many even finished the race. So definitely some wild action over there. However. The rest of the turnout was, I'll give the Pure Stock guys the credit for coming out there, but the rest of it was a little disappointing, kind of the, the theme of the weekend. And I don't mean disappointing like, oh my goodness, everything sucked. It just, this weekend was just not the best racing weekend. Uh, LJ Grimm came out and won the 40-lap race for the Modifieds. Only seven Modifieds. Hmm, Modifieds. I'm seeing a trend, and I don't like it. Uh, it's not just New Smyrna. It's these other tracks, too. Uh, five cars finished the race, which was won by LJ Grimm, who's having a great year. Uh, Dodge Carlbert second, Kyle Book Miller third, Bobby Diesler fourth, Gator Heist fifth, Stephen Heist sixth, Michael Cherry rounding out the field. Um, no drivers that come to New Smyrna, and none of the New Smyrna drivers went over there. So for everybody to say, you know, why don't these guys go to New Smyrna? Why don't the New Smyrna guys go over there? It's it's 
it's two different things, man. It's got to be on both sides, and it's, it's unfortunate. There's some really good race cars. If we get them all together at once on some of these tracks, we could have some some great races. But uh, definitely a disappointing car count, but not a disappointing day, day for LJ Grimm. I believe that was supposed to be a 50-lapper that got cut down. Uh, Mod Mini's not bad. Uh, nine cars, and eight of which finished on the lead lap, so... For Mod Minis, that's not bad. Uh, the race was, of course, won by Nick Cummins, who's like the man over there at Auburndale in that two machine. Uh, Bray Ganey was second. Kendall Wheeler third. Jason Deaton fourth. And Kenny Yule in the zero car came home in fifth. So not bad for the Mod Minis there. Eight Legends cars. And the race was won by the 17 of Mason Lastra. Jackson Baker second. Evan Bookmiller uh, third. Trevor Davidson and Nolan Mesa. So uh, the Legends cars, they've... Ever since Little Gator went over to Citrus, they've been right there, uh, six, seven, eight cars. And back over to the Scramblers, uh, 14 Scramblers. So, again, that's a relatively, and we had the car count discussion, that's right there in the middle, pretty solid, not bad for the Scramblers. Um, and, of course, it was won by Bray Ganey in the 42. Uh, he continues to dominate over there in the station wagon. He won over Matt Miller, Bill Witherington, John Sofield and Kirby Graham, your top five out of the 13 cars that took uh, took to the starting grid. Uh, Chance Sosserman was a DNS. So um, if you really think about it, when I first looked at the results, I'm like, man, that's kind of disappointing. But it, going back over it and actually analyzing it, given all the conditions that were against Auburndale, and, and I think the fact that they were the only track racing helped, don't get me wrong, but... Um, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I initially thought. So kudos to the drivers, the fans, the crews, um, and the racetrack for racing. So it would have been really easy for them to say, well, you know, I'm glad they didn't go to the road, to, the route of showtime. Like, oh, prices are up, blah, blah, blah. Those that want to race are going to race. If, if you open the doors, they're going to race. So kudos to everybody that did go out and support the Auburndale Speedway. I'm sure th- this weekend's weather is looking a lot better, although it can change. It is only Thursday as we speak. Um, now I'm going to move over, uh, to the big race. And, and I think what I'm going to do is, you know, I, I will cover, uh, what's going on around the state. Cause again, the racing with Ryan podcast, it, there'll be a lot of news more to talk on here, but we do like to cover a little bit of everything, but I think we're going to, we're going to cover the local stuff in the state. And we're also going to talk about a big race that's going on somewhere. Cause you can usually find at least one big race. So I turned my attention to the Rattler 250, over at the South Alabama Speedway on the 13th. And, uh, you know, to sum it up, I'm going to borrow what uh, uh, our friend of the show, Austin Griffith, said about the race. It was typical Ty Majeski domination. Um, but just in the theme of disappointment, not to be negative, but it's, I'm be, I like to be honest with you folks, only 22 cars for the Rattler this year. So the car counts are just not where they used to be with the late models. Now, I'm sure Snowball will still have, you know, 40, 50 cars, um, as they always do. But just looking at the late models, man, it's a tough draw. And this was a Southern Super Series race, by the way, and only 22 drivers started. You know, when you go back and look at the 3,000 to win Orange Blossom 100 over at New Smyrna at the very end of Speed Weeks, and only got 18 cars after, you know, some 28, 29 cars were there throughout the week. It, it kind of, um, you know, it, it just kind of shows that it's not just a track 
specific issue. It's just hard to draw super late models right now. Um, not to say that this was a terrible race. When somebody dominates, it's not doesn't mean that it's a terrible race, but it just wasn't, as far as competitiveness goes, it wasn't that competitive. Really, the only guy that I saw give Ty Majeski a run for his money over here at the South Alabama Speedway was Austin Ason in the 14. He was about the only guy that I saw get up there and pass Ty Majeski, but I think Ty was taking it easy early and let Austin go, to be honest with you. So, not the biggest car count, but 22 cars on that on a four-tenths mile track, it, it, it passes the eye test. Don't get me wrong. It's not horrible. And uh, all but two drivers completed at least 100 laps, uh, six on the lead lap, and it looks like uh, 12 drivers finished at least 245 laps. So it's kind of right there in the middle. But uh, overall, I, I think the series wanted a little more. I think the track wanted a little more. I think the rest of the field wants a little more to keep up with Ty Majeski. I mean, what can, what else can we say? He's having a great year. Um, he's running the truck series now for Thor Sport. Uh, off to an okay start there. He'll be in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, won the uh, SRL National Race over at Citrus. Um, should have won the... Uh, should have probably won the race over at 417 last year, but he, he's off to a good start is my point. He is back as one of the top contenders in the late model division. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's doing his thing. He was able to beat Bubba Pollard. So Bubba Pollard's back on track after Speed Week's kind of humbled him a little bit. Uh, Austin Nason, again, about the only guy I could see that battled time of Jeske. Uh, he was able to come home in third. Hunter Robbins was fourth. Jake Garcia, who got himself a truck ride just announced. So that's pretty cool. He's going to, he's only 17, so he can only run the shorter ovals, but Jake Garcia will be in a truck later on this year as he continues his progress up the ladder. Steven Nassie was sixth, final car on the lead lap. And you have Jake Finch in the other 51 seventh. Casey Roderick a lap down in eighth. Jet Nolan ninth and Kyle Plott rounding out your top ten. So just looking at the Southern Super Series, not that I'm a not that I'm concerned, but you just want to look at it. I remember their first race of the season, which They fought weather issues over at Watermelon Capital Speedway. Only 20 cars in that race and only 22 for the Rattler. And these aren't just, you know, 100-lap Southern Super Series race here, 100-lap, 50-lap here. These are big races, Speed Fest and then the Rattler. So, I don't know. Just tough. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, it's just a tough draw for super late models right now to get them all together at the same time to get the conditions to to work well uh i'm looking at the point standings it's what i have in front of me is not in order so bear with me here but four five six seven eight only eight drivers have made starts in both races only eight drivers that's a concern that is concerning to me that tells me that right now with super late model racing be happy with what you get and enjoy the show because you're not going to get 30 cars. Maybe maybe Five Flags the Five Flags has two races scheduled, a doubleheader um, on April 8th and 9th. Uh, the next race is in Cordial once again. Maybe Five Flags will draw. Um, I'm excited for the Southern Super Series coming up at New Smyrna on July 9th, but I don't expect more than 20 cars. And that's not a New Smyrna thing. That's not a series thing. That's a realism thing. It's tough to draw super late models right now. They're out there. Don't get me wrong. They're out there. But to get them all together at the same time, 
and, and, and keep these guys running, it's, it's tough. So, um, God, with the cost of everything, it's just pro late models. I think right now are probably where local tracks need to focus on and run your super lates during big events. That's my opinion. Um, I'm glad that new Smyrna is doing the Sunbelt series versus just, you know, once or twice a month, 35 lap, 50 lap shootouts. So I, I think it's time to reinvent the wheel with super late models. I don't know what else you can do. I mean, the Southern super series, they have all the big races and they do a great job. I love that series. Um, but it's just, it's tough to draw. It really is. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe things will get better as we go throughout the year, but man, it's, it's tough right now. So just a little bit disappointing race for the Rattler, but uh, congratulations to Ty Majeski. That is his fifth Rattler win, third straight that he's competed in. So uh, you guys know if Ty Majeski shows up, you're going to have to beat him unless he beats himself. It is hard to just flat out beat the man right now. And uh, he's so good in late models. I really hope it starts translating over into the NASCAR truck series for him. I really do. But I think, I think he's in a good spot. I think uh, it would not be a surprise to see Ty Majeski win, especially on some of these short tracks uh, later on this year. So uh, we'll keep in our eye there. Ty's a great guy, great racer. Love to see what he can do this year. Um, I do have to give out the second of our two uh, Richard Cranium Awards for the week, and this goes back to Auburndale Speedway. They posted something on their Facebook page, and I know I should have talked about this before the Rattler, but you have to forgive me. Um they post on their Facebook page that people have been sneaking into the pits, um, basically stealing. If you want to complain about pit prices and maybe Auburndale having to raise their pit prices, this is why, part of the reason why. When, when people take advantage and don't pay, the price then goes up for everybody. If you, can, if you go to any racetrack and try to sneak in, whether it be front gate or back gate, you're not a race fan. You're not a race fan. I, I get it. Things are expensive right now. The payout doesn't always match what it costs to go race. But if you want to sneak into one of these racetracks, the payout ain't going to go up. The pit gate is going to go up. The payout ain't going to go up. They got to cover their asses, guys. There's insurance, which is a huge, huge chunk of any sort of profit or any sort of extra that could be paid out employees i mean to run a race night let's see you got to have concessions you got to have ticket gates at both you know ticket takers at both gates security you got to have a race director a flagman pit stewards you've got to have tech usually at least two people back there in tech you've got announcers you've got scores now i don't know what everybody gets paid at different tracks, but everybody gets paid for the most part. You might get a few volunteers helping out here and there, but most people that work at one of those spots that I just mentioned, there could be more that I over overlooked, but think about the amount of money that the track has to pay out. And I get it. Short track racing, ain't nobody doing this. Uh, 90% of the workers aren't doing this as their only job. Maybe some of the, the kids in concessions, this is their only job on the weekends to go make a little bit of money to go hang out with their friends. But aside from, like, the general manager and the track owners, maybe your operations manager, not many people work full-time at these racetracks. But everybody's getting paid. Well, a chunk here, a chunk there. Um, operating costs, turning the lights on. That's a big cost right there. Electricity is expensive, as you all should know. 
But just remember that if you're sneaking into a racetrack and not supporting it and not trying to help, you know, the track get some bills paid, the pay ain't going to go up. The tickets, the price to get in the back gate, the front gate is going to go up because now the, now if Auburnell is finding out people are sneaking in, well, how do they make up for those lost wages? You know, the, the lost money, the lost profit. They're going to have to raise their prices. So when that pit gate goes up at Auburndale, you can thank the dumbasses, the Richard Craniums, that are sneaking into the place. If you sneak into a racetrack, don't call yourself a race fan. Don't. You're not. You're a thief. You're, it's, it's not the kind of people that, uh, that we need in short track racing right now. I can tell you that. Um, we all make sacrifices to do what we love. The people racing are spending, uh, God, to run a bomber car, you're spending more money than you want to think about. If you have it and you have the means to do it, it's such a great hobby and it's a great escape. But not everybody does. So that's why other people have other roles, you know what I mean? But if you want to try to sneak into a place, now there's one thing is it's different. If you if you go to a place and, and you know, you're able to to get in legitimately, work it, you know, network. There's there's a lot of networking that goes on in tracks to try to support one another in different ways. But if you are sneaking into a place, especially the pits, where there's so much liability, if you sneak into the pit area and you get hurt and you're not on the, the sign-in sheet to sign the waiver, that's on you. You know, if you want to, if you think by saving 35 bucks, sneaking into the pits and you have a car fall off the jack and fall on you, how much more are you going to spend in, in hospital fees? I know I'm, I'm, I'm pulling at straws here to get my point across, but don't do it. Find a, If you can't afford your way into the pits, find a means. Get with a team. Help out a race team. There are some race teams that pay their crew members. You got to find the right ones, but do it. You know, going to, going to all the races is not always feasible for me either. But I have found a way. I will go help out other tracks. And I've paid my way into plenty of pit pit areas, even at tracks I've worked at in the past, okay? But I remember I wanted to be part of this. And I was going and paying every single week to be a fan. That's how I was supporting it for a long time. And now I work there. You know what I mean? But, God, if you're sneaking into the pits, you're nothing but a Richard Cranium. Point in case. That's it. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, I'm going to move forward now. Um... You know, I haven't haven't gotten on a Ryan rant in a while, but yeah, that's that's definitely the rant of the week. And if uh, if you're one of those people sneaking into the Auburndale Speedway to where they have to go public and put it on their Facebook, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Shifting gears now to the High Banks New Smyrna Speedway, and I can't wait for opening day. Come hell high water, good or bad, it's going to be a fun night. I can't wait to get back out there. It's been, it's been a month, and I miss it. So we have. To kick things off, the uh, the season opener featuring the Prolate Model 50. I'm a little bit worried about what we're going to have for Prolates. I only got a couple on my list. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you know who all is entered. Uh, but Prolate Model 50, Bomber A20, not worried about the Bombers. They're going to be a good show. E-Mods could be good, could be lacking. I'm not sure. Sportsman, you know, I'm a little bit worried. Haven't heard much about the Sportsman. I guess everybody's mad and doesn't understand the tire situation. So they all want to be mad and not race. That's, hey, your prerogative. Enjoy wherever you're racing. Um, and then we have the debut, the 602 Modifieds, which I'm not worried about at all because it's more of a, it's kind of a club thing. It's kind of like a separation of the ground pounders. You're going to see the Modifieds and you're going to recognize some of these cars. 
but just know that the 602 mods is its own thing. These are not just the ground pounders with a different name. It is its own thing. They have their own rules, and it's kind of a club thing, so it's got a good base, and it will grow, I believe. So those are the divisions that we have running, and as far as who has entered, and speaking of that, we are going to bring back the driver of the week, and I'm doing it a little bit more... Uh, I'm doing things a little bit different because I was accused last year of it being rigged and that pissed me right off because I would literally 30 minutes before opening ceremonies, that way as many people could have a chance to vote as possible. I would pull up the Facebook page and I would count the votes and I would tally them out, okay? It wasn't like I just glanced and say, oh, they got a lot of votes, they win. I would legitimately count them out. One time we had almost a tie and I had to go back and recount. But this year... I have found a, a survey website that I'm able to use and putting your names in the survey. You have to click on the survey and vote. I have it set up to where you can only vote one time per device per question. So it's going to be a little bit more legit. It'll be easier to count. I can have it open for a longer period of time and uh, I think it'll help solve a lot of problems. I, fingers crossed it's going to work as I envision. But uh, here are the drivers that have signed up or signed in, or at least let us know they're going to be there. In the prolates, we have Mike Amato returning in the 2X. Brad May, of course. Preston Vargas has registered. That's a wild card question mark for me. I've never heard of Preston Vargas, and I can't find anything online. Um, your neighbor can sign up on the website, but hey, if you sign up on the website, I'm putting your name on the thing. Steven Reddit's going to be there. Uh, this ought to be interesting. Uh, Travis Devendorf's father reached out to me and said he wasn't going to be able to make it because of a school situation. And... Uh, then he messaged me about three hours later and said, the car's coming. We've got a hot shoe behind the wheel. Michael Atwell is going to drive the seven car for Travis Devendorf this weekend. That's going to be fun. Justin Reeves will be here. James McKegg, Brian Sukup. Those are the committed sportsmen. There'll be more. Uh, George Alexander should be there, but I haven't heard from him. Uh, Dylan LeBeau will be there in his EMOD. James Adams will be behind the wheel of the eighteen. Earl Beckner Jr. is driving for Big Temp and Motorsports in the 29 car. Hank Baker is going to be there. Greg Dame was going to be there, but he had an unfortunate incident just a few hours ago in practice. Um, had something happen and backed the car into the wall. It, it hit so hard it damaged the roof. So um, I, I have I have faith that, that if there's a team that can get a car put back together to come back out, it's Greg Dane, but I would not be surprised to see that car on the shelf for a few weeks. Tough situation there. Tough start for Greg Dane. Hate hearing that in a practice session or a test session even. The Bomber A. So we got a bunch of these. Uh, Aaron Foy, Jonathan Vogelis, uh, Brandon Monroe, Todd Latour, CJ Creech, Stephen Wright, Bob Say, Daniel Bromley, James Partlow, Jim Snyder, Daniel Snyder, Chuck Rush, Courtney Breeden have all put their names in the hat for driver of the week. So they uh, have intentions to race 602 mods. Got a good little crop of them. You got Chris Hatton, Matt Cohen, Rob Schultz, John Hatton, Kurt Hatton, Christopher Hatton, Tom Toronto, Bud McIntyre, already eight or so cars there. That will make for a solid debut. So those are the cars that we have. I'm going to pick my winners right now and see just how poorly I do. I got Brad May in the prolates and that's easy, right? Um, uh, of the registered sportsmen, man, I think Michael Atwell is going to go out there and put on a show. Michael Atwell is going to be fun to watch. I'm picking Atwell in the backup substitution role. Or the E-Mods, hard to bet against Earl Beckner Jr., even if it's not his 71 car. I have uh, a lot of faith that he's going to win. Bomber A's, I'm going to pick Stephen Wright. 
I'm going to pick Stephen Wright to win again. I think Stephen and uh, Jim are going to have a great battle. Uh, Chuck Rush, he's uh, he's on my radar. He's gotten some things worked out on that car. I think he's going to be fun to watch. Um, and then in the, man, 602 mods, it's, it's, I mean, I know a lot of these guys from either Speed Weeks or the Ground Pounders. Just don't, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I think Christopher Hatton's going to win. I'm picking Christopher Hatton to win the debut of the weekly or, you know, monthly 602 mods. So there's my picks. We'll see how bad we do. Now, I'm just reading off the list of drivers that have specifically said they're going to be there and they got entered in Driver of the Week. There's no requirement to enter Driver of the Week. Some people don't even give a shit. And it's just something I try to do to get these guys in the spotlight and give them something to promote themselves, help promote the weekend. It's It, it helps everybody. That's what Driver of the Week does. So these are just the drivers that I know or have heard from. There's going to be more in every class. I don't know if it's going to be the biggest field of cars ever in the whole wide world, but we've seen nights at New Smyrna with lacking car counts that have great races, and we've seen nights at New Smyrna with good car counts that are the shittiest nights in the world. So I'm just happy that we have a place to go to. I have a place to go talk about race cars going around, and I can't wait to hang out with everybody. So I don't know exactly what this year is going to bring. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be a little bit of both. There's going to be good races and bad races. But I'm just uh, I'm excited to get out there. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. The weather uh, earlier in the week looked iffy. Now it looks good. Hopefully that doesn't change come Saturday. Uh, I know there's a lot of good racing going on. I think every track is in action this weekend. So whether you come to New Smyrna, you go over to Auburndale, you go to Citrus, go to 417, go to Showtime, Go spend the weekend, man, from from those responses on that question that I put out. Family, go spend time with your racing family. Go be part of it. Don't sneak into the pits, but go enjoy it. Go race, go take home that checkered flag. Go help your friend or family member take home the checkered flag. Have a good time. Go grab some good food, sit in the grandstands, have a couple of brewskis, and enjoy the fact that you're watching people spend a lot of money, okay? Uh, Fuel tires pit entrances, licenses, uh, parts. It's expensive. It's expensive. The folks that you watch racing weekly at your home track are not doing it because they get to take home a little bit of money maybe if they win their feature. They're doing it because they love to do it and they want to put on a show for you folks. Now, you're going to get that guy that occasionally show up for the big event and try to take home the big money. That guy's doing it for himself and there's nothing against that. We all like to go out and have the opportunity to win some money. But whether you're at, um, whether you're in California, whether you're in Vermont, whether you're in the middle of nowhere or any of our tracks here in Florida, just know that those folks that you see on a weekly basis running their 25-lap main event for 20 minutes of track time are doing it because they love the sport and they love your support. And I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. But there you go. Make sure you support someone, something, some racetrack this weekend. Um, enjoy the show because we're, we're getting to a point where we're asking a lot of these people to come out and race their cars. So be happy with what you get. Appreciate those folks. And we'll see what's going to happen. It's going to be very, very interesting. I cannot wait. Uh, next week's show, uh, I, I promise you I'll have an interview next week. I'm going to get somebody from, from New Smyrna. I'm going to talk to somebody. I might even do some interviews they're at the track and throw them in there. So we'll get interviews back going. Um, we'll cover the 
weekend of racing at the brand new Atlanta Motor Speedway, the new pavement. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be, I can't wait to give you my thoughts and opinions on that race. Um, We'll cover all the stuff in Florida. We'll pick a big race that's going on this weekend to cover as well. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to you, the listeners, uh, for just listening what I have to say and and even contributing on, on the questions for the show. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll talk to you next week and we're finally going to be into the thick of the weekly racing over at New Smyrna. I can't wait to uh, cover that. Um, couple of uh, couple of show alerts for you here before I let you go. Uh, the hot lap. I'm going to do that Friday night. I'm going to preview that, answer any questions on Friday night. It'll go back to its normal Monday or Tuesday for the recap shows. Um, and I'm bringing back the Pit Pass podcast. That's right. Me and Kenny Roth. Uh, Kenny's coming on board. We're going to resurrect that show. Uh, the show I used to do with Adam, who's now leaving again. Uh, I did it with Tom for a while and then COVID hit and we kind of canned the show just to, you know, try to keep people apart. But to hell with all that stuff. We're bringing back the Pit Pass podcast. Kenny's coming on board. We're going to have a little bit of fun with a, a Saturday evening um, race day preview show uh, that will evolve over time. So we're bringing it back. You'll see me and Kenny live on the New Smyrna Facebook page. Uh, I'll be live on New Smyrna's Facebook page Friday night for a quick uh, quick preview, quick check-in, and then we'll get ready to race. So, uh, join us next week for another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast, and we will talk to you then. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. We'll see you at the races.